0: Welcome to On Texas Football live chat, Longhorn live stream with Jerry Hamilton uh, of Inside Texas and On3. Uh, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, Longhorn football, Longhorn recruiting tonight. Uh, going to have a uh, talk about DeMarvian Overshone. Jalen Hale is expected to make his decision uh, tomorrow. Definitely want to get there. Uh, but I want to start uh, by tipping my hat uh, to Roshan Johnson. Uh, Roshan Johnson was named a uh, not a, a finalist, a weekend uh, finalist, I guess, for player of the week for the Paul Horning Award, uh, which goes to a guy that uh, basically was the MVP of his team. Uh, Roshan, if you don't uh, recall, uh, had 11 carries for 81 yards. Bijan Robinson clearly had the better day on the ground. Uh, Roshan also had three carries for 23 yards and one touchdown. But here's a stat that will blow your mind. Okay, Texas had 22 first downs. Roshan, on seven of his 14 touches, made a first down. So basically, he was responsible for seven of the the team's first downs. Pretty impressive stuff there. I want to talk about that. We're also going to talk about uh, some improvement that we're seeing across uh, the uh, team right now with some older players. Uh, We've got a lot of questions to get to from the InsideTexas.com message board, uh, as well as some other stuff. Uh, Before we do all that, I want to thank our newest sponsor uh, just coming aboard right now with us. Uh, And that's Energy Texas. Uh, Energy Texas is for Texans, uh, by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas. Not back east, not overseas. Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. Uh, Contact Energy Texas, Texas Electricity done. Right. Uh, Jerry Hamilton, uh, talking to you now here, let's, let's go with your thoughts on Roshan real quick, because, uh, that's a, that's a nice tip of the hat to Roshan Johnson because he, he deserves it.
1: Uh, no question. I mean, look, I I've said before, and he is maybe the first guy that's not a starting running back. That's legitimately the leader of a program. I can't recall. Maybe you can Bobby. I can't recall that ever being the case. Um, you just look if you none of anything he does surprises me. Uh, my time with him dates all the way back to his junior year at Port Nature's Groves. First time I went and saw him, um Kenny Harrison was the coach at Port Arthur Memorial now at Summer Creek, And he told me, you gotta go see this guy. Uh, he He said he just checks every box. I got he's been he's got really great parents. He said there's literally nothing you won't like about this kid. And you know, I knew he's putting up stats. I hadn't been to PNG. Uh, but I went down and saw him, uh, talked to Coach Faircloth, who's now the head coach at Sulphur Springs, about Roshan. He said his best leader he's ever been around. And, and that's like the constant. Then we had him in the Under Armour game. And that week, first guy to meetings, first guy on the practice field, last guy out of meetings, right? I mean, first guy to get taped. I mean, it's just consistency with him. Um, and, and I think part of that, his great leadership is his consistent consistency. Think about that open practice. We were at that Tuesday, Bobby, he was coming off what some people thought was a season ending ankle injury. Then it was going to be six weeks and the guy's out there with his Jersey on and he clearly couldn't compete, but that goes to his leadership ability. And we talked about that at inside Texas. This is not a guy that's going to be standing on the sidelines with his phone out, chatting it up. He's going to be part of the action, part of every play, part of every second of a practice, even it when he's injured. And that's what you saw at that Tuesday practice. That's his leadership. And if you said he gets a first down on half his touches, that doesn't surprise me. Because if you need two, he's getting three. If you need three, he's getting four. If you need five, he's going to fight like hell to get six.
0: You know, and he also played quarterback. You know, yep. out of, some of those snaps were out of, out of, out of a quarterback yeah. position. Uh, everybody remembers the hurdle, right? Him hurdling uh, to get a first and goal. I I I just keep going back to that one-handed snare uh, of that. Uh, it was a, it was a short pass by Hudson Card, and at that point, Card was he wasn't he wasn't strong. You know, he was missing some stuff. He wasn't just didn't feel like he was really attacking the game. Uh, Roshan comes out of the backfield, grabs the ball with one hand. You know, snap, stabs it basically, uh, and there he goes. Uh, and then Texas was off to the races on offense. After that, uh, for the most part, and uh, you know, it wasn't just the the wow plays in the run game or the hurdles. It's it's the it's the little things too. And I think uh, Roshan Johnson is a, a very uh, just an amazing Longhorn uh, that everybody can look up to. All right, let's let's go to a couple of questions. I think the most pressing one right now, Jerry, uh, revolves around Jalen Hale, uh, the wide receiver out of Longview, uh, is expected to make his decision tomorrow at twelve thirty. Uh, at Longview High School. Our Justin Wells of Inside Texas is going to be at the ceremony tomorrow. Uh, Hale is expected to choose among Texas, Alabama, Georgia, and Texas A&M. As you can see here, uh, consensus number 10 overall player in the state of Texas. Consensus number 10 uh, wide receiver in the country, number 53 overall. He would be the fourth wide receiver recruit in this class for the Longhorns. Uh, What are your thoughts, and where do you you think Texas stands right now for Jalen Hale, Jerry?
1: Yeah, first, I want to answer one question. I think it was Guerra asked if I was at home. No, I'm not. I'm in uh, Tampa, uh, but I will be back in Texas end of the week. uh, Probably at that uh, – there he is, Gail Guerra asked. Is Jerry at home? No, I'm in Tampa. I was at IMG today, Academy. We'll we'll get to that. Um, But I will be back in Houston probably for that Jonah Wilson versus Ryan Niblett game uh, later this week. But uh, Jalen Hale, you know, look – I'm not changing my RPM. It's, it's, it's on Texas. Uh, it's only 45%. And it used to be 70. I, I adjusted that down. I'm not going to adjust it again before he announces. We've had a lot of questions on Inside Texas about that. I'm not adjusting it again. I think it's an 11th hour recruitment. Look, I, I think he's probably shot a couple of videos. I think he's probably told a couple of staffs he's headed that direction. I think Texas feels good about it. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Um, and, look, let's, let's talk more about if it goes Texas' way. If it goes Texas' way, I, I just have the belief that is where Jalen uh, wants to be. Um, he's close with Arch. He's close with Jonte, Malik Muhammad. There's a number of guys uh, that are committed to Texas, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that he's close with. Um, and, look, the guy grew up playing AAU basketball for T.J. Ford, right, with the T.J. Ford elite team. Um, so there's a lot of things in Texas' favor. I think another big one is Steve Sarkeesian has always targeted him. Uh, this has not been a recruitment that's gone through the ebbs and flows of does does the head coach at Texas want and Hale or not? He's always targeted him. So that, I think, helps at the end of the day. Um, look, Alabama got him on campus more than anybody else twice since the end of Jan- July, uh, more than anybody else since that last weekend in July. Texas A&M did twice as well. Um, he was at Texas for his official visit, obviously. Uh, the Alabama game weekend, which I think helped Texas. Um, you know, it's interesting. We'll get into IMG talk today, but, you know, it, it's almost like Texas won that game from a recruiting perspective um, in a lot of ways uh, based on when you talk to kids. So which way it goes, we'll find out. Um, I'm not changing my RPM. Um, will I be surprised if he goes to Texas? No. Would I be shocked or surprised if he went to Alabama? No. Would I be surprised if he went to A&M or Georgia? Yes.
0: Got it. So you think it's really Texas or
1: Alabama at this point? That's, I'll be surprised. Not, I'll be surprised if it's not one of those two.
0: Okay. I, I think that's that's fair. Um, you know, in in talking to uh Justin Wells, one of the things that he brought up, Jerry, and I want to get your your feeling on this, he thinks that uh just how tight uh Jalen has gotten with some of the Texas
1: commitments might be a big factor in Texas's favor. You agree with that? I do, and I'll tell you the other thing is I think when you look at – if you're a wide receiver looking at Texas right now, and we'll see when Quinn hits the field again, but Texas is looking at Quinn Ewers at quarterback the next two seasons and Arch Manning, number one quarterback in the country, coming in in the next class as an early enroller who, you know, obviously Jalen's close with. Uh, it, 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 not saying Alabama doesn't have good quarterbacks coming after Bryce Young, but I'm not sure they have two like that. And so it's such an inviting – offense to a wide receiver or running back right now. And, you know, look, we interviewed Cedric Baxter and we hear that Um, Texas has really good quarterback play now and on the way, or it looks like with Quinn and on the way and Hudson Cards an improved quarterback. Right. So it's so inviting when you add the scheme to the quarterbacks uh, for Texas that, you know, and then you add the closeness to the other commitments that, you know, if things look positive for Texas, but, Bobby, we've been doing this long enough to know. Look at Jordan Matthews' recruitment, right? You no. know, no, Texas, no, I
0: agree. Texas I, I think, Texas, I think was he's
1: confident. Just... Texas was confident the night before Jordan Matthews committed to Tennessee. So we're in the NIL day and age. So until these kids actually say it, you don't know. And then they still have to sign. Yep. I, I think that, that part of the reality, too, Jerry, is that um, th- these are all good
0: schools. I mean, <laughs> let, let, let's be clear. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Alabama, Texas, Georgia. You can say what you want about A&M. They've got some stuff going on over there right now. But, uh, you know, these guys, they're all football places, right? And and so Jalen Hale, I don't know that he has a horrible decision in front of him, no matter what he does. Hey, hey, uh, a question for you. And you mentioned about the quarterbacks and Quinn Ewers. I think this is a question I need to take, kind of, because it came from the InsideTexas.com message board, and and we'll talk about it now, uh, asking me to kind of divulge what we know about the quarterback situation at Texas. This is what I'm willing to say. I'm going to say what Steve Sarkeesian said yesterday. All of them practiced. (laughs) Beyond that, not saying anything. Uh, Do I know more? Maybe. But I'm not saying anything. Okay. And so I'm sorry about that. But uh, yours, Card, uh, Malik Murphy, um, Charles Wright, they all practiced. Uh, Card, it looks like, uh, was fined in Saturday's game. So I don't think you have to worry about him. Uh, giving way to Charles Wright. Will Quinn Ewers be back in time for um, Texas Tech? We shall see. Uh, but uh, that is where it's at. Uh, nobody else is, nobody's going to get me saying one thing or another or, or try to get anything out of me. Jerry knows this. Is I, I just don't, I don't talk when I don't want to talk. Um, and so I'll clam up, but I want to say that for you guys.
1: Uh, so that we, uh, Bobby, how funny is the guy that's in his handles RL from Chatsville says he won't tell anybody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you got to try. I don't, I don't mind people trying. That's not a a negative thing. I I just, I want to make sure people understand that there's, there's things I just, I won't do, uh, for, for personal reasons. All right. Uh, let's talk about one thing that, that I want to get to you with. And that's the offensive line is another question coming. We're gonna to get to if you have questions, by the way, uh please post them in the chat. Uh, please also like and subscribe. Uh, like this uh this video and and uh subscribe to our channel here on, on Texas Football. Uh, if you have questions and you want them uh, discussed or topics that you want discussed in this uh chat, me and Jerry gonna be here or this live stream, me and Jerry gonna be here uh for a full hour tonight. Uh I would love to get to those questions because we I've got a bunch already pulled from the inside Texas message boards, but there's always room for more. Uh, Jerry, let's go to the uh, the offensive linemen. Okay, uh, some people are wondering, you know, Cole Hudson and uh, Kelvin Banks are already starting. Okay, what what's going on with DJ Campbell, Cam Williams, the rest of those guys, and what do you think a maybe a starting lineup looks like next year along the offensive line? when we think only Christian Jones is going to be gone right
1: yeah I I think uh it's obvious Cam Williams is not going to redshirt right he's out there on special teams he's going to be that he's getting prepared to play every week in case there's an injury um you know unless I'm mistaken DJ Campbell hadn't played the last two games correct correct Correct. so you know you could still get him in three games and maybe redshirt him I don't see that though I, I just don't see that um Malik Ogbo, Neto, uh, Connor Robertson. I think those guys are headed for appear in four games, but red shirt more than likely. Um, so I think that's kind of where where it's at. And it, I think next year is very interesting. It, it's it's hard to say right now. The question with Texas is: Does a Cole Hudson or Connor Robertson? do they really compete with a Jake Majors for the starting center job? Because to me, that kind of is going to tell you how the offensive line is going to shake out. Um, I think Cam Williams is a starting right tackle. Kelvin Banks is your starting left tackle. More than likely, Cole Hudson's a, 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 you know going to be a starting guard. Um, Texas is very happy with Connor Robertson. The progress he's making his physicality, answering the bell. Um, and, you know, where does Neto play? I mean, right now he's kind of a swing guy between right tackle and right guard, correct? Uh, Malik Ogbo left guard. Um, so it's uh, Hayden Connors coming back, right? So um, it, it's just so interesting to see because I really do believe this. No matter who starts next year, I'm not sure the offensive line isn't the strength of the Texas team next year. And, 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 and how long has it been since you said that? And I say that because look how good Kelvin Banks is in year one through three games. What's he going to look like in year two? Think about what Cam Williams is going to look like after, another, after an offseason. He wasn't an early enrollee, so he gets some game action this year. He goes through spring practice as a starter. Think about Netto, Connor Robertson, all these guys, Cole Hudson in year two, um, Hayden Connor in year three. If Jake Majors is your starting center, he holds off. That means he's, got, he's improved a lot, and he's continued to add good weight and muscle weight, and he would be a third-year starting center. So it, Texas goes from in in a year and a half time two year time goes from man a lot of questions there to um, the, this may be the strength of the actual team next year right. anyway
0: it's not just at that position on offense though right I mean yep. let, let's be clear JT Sanders is st- stepping there in. we go I mean so the tight end group for next year looks outstanding yep. in my opinion yes. uh, you, you talk about the wide receiver group they lose Jordan Whittington I think he's he's proven to be a a valuable piece of the roster, no question asked, but beyond that, it's only the two running backs really. Um, uh, and yours is a a year older Baxter's coming in. Jonathan Brooks is looking good. I I just feel like that side of the ball is looking pretty salty right now. No doubt. And and you have guys that, that you don't even know if they're going to end up being good, like a Jai Hall who has some ability. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, I, I want to mention part of this. Um, one thing that Eric and I talked about on today's State of the Program, Jerry, and I want to get your your feel on this, uh, was talking about uh, how this is an interesting, and we talked about it a little bit with Roshan Johnson. Think of the seniors on this team, okay? Despite all they've been through with, with Tom Herman and the changeover. You have Christian Jones having a breakout year. Keandre Coburn, best year he's had yet. Tavondre Sweat, best year he's had yet. Um, Anthony Cook moving to safety successfully. Uh I could, I'm Jordan Whittington playing, playing well. I mean, what do you think that says for the development, or does that say more about those players individually that they stuck to it? Or is it a combination of both?
1: I think it's a combination of both. And 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 there's a reason I think. Saturday has been the game I've had circled all year, too, because then it becomes belief in winning. You know, the Alabama game gives you belief. You have to come back and back that up against UTSA. Now you go on your first road game of the season to start Big 12 play. If Texas beats Texas Tech, which we all believe they should, but that's why the games are played. Look, I mean, um, then suddenly you add confidence to that equation. You add a a team that has more confidence than they've had in a few years at Texas. So – I think it's player development, yes. But here's the other thing. Players only develop, and you're only seeing player development if they believe in what they're being taught and told. And I think that's the biggest thing with player development. Everybody thinks player development's offseason, off-season strength and conditioning, right? And it's a big part of it, yes. But to really develop as a player, Keandre Coburn, a Sweat, those guys have to look at Bo Davis in that meeting room every day and nod their head and say, yep. This guy's taking us where we need to go at every position. And if you're seeing that in your football program, your players believe in your coaching staff. And that's when good things happen.
0: Uh, Deshaun Jameson couple past past breakups. Uh, this past hey, week. Hey, here's
1: one I'll throw up. Casey Kane. Yeah. I mean, just think about last, last going into last spring. I don't think he was on anybody's radar as a guy who was going to be an impact player for Texas. And yes, Isaiah Never got hurt, but Casey Kane's a solid player out there. Yeah, he only catches one, two balls a game, but you have a feeling he's going to have a game this year where he catches five or six balls for 100 yards. You feel like it's going to happen, whether it does or not, but you watch him and you say, okay, that could actually happen. That could transpire. So I, I look at a kid like that too, and, and I'll tell you a big one. You named them already. JT Sanders' development of tight ends huge. I mean, this is a guy who he's, he split out. He played wide receiver in high school. He played defensive end. He played until he cramped up. He was tired half the snaps he played because he played both ways, plus special teams. But to see his development and tied in, that's a feather in the cap for Jeff Banks, Steve Sarkeesian, and the staff.
0: Yeah. I I just look at it, and I think these guys are actually – like Texas in the past 10 years has signed some five-stars, Jerry. No question. They just haven't ended up being five-stars, right? And so now you see a Quinn Ewers come in, and and he looks as good as he looked against Alabama. Even though it was one quarter, you have a JT Sanders – that develops into a five-star pride, tight end prospect when he had never really played tight end before. Um, right. And Bijan Robinson ends up being a five-star running back that he was. That 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 paves the way. Xavier Worthy is the five-star that he was ranked by on three. Yep, that paves the way for future guys to see. Okay, though Texas isn't where the five stars go to die. Yeah. Right. Which is what had really happened after maybe Jordan Hicks that 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 range that yep. long ago, right? Hey,
1: I'll throw another one out. Demarvion Overshone is to me it's that's not so much about player development, but a staff finding the way to use him to the best of his ability, and that is part of player development is putting players in a position to be successful. Um, and so it, I think the Texas staff is is showing signs of that on both sides of the ball. Um, look, I mean, Jalen Ford is not uh, – I look at Jalen Ford. Look, he's not a perfect player, right? Um, but what does he have, 25 tackles in the last two games? I mean, you don't – that doesn't mean he – obviously get, he was big part of giving up the big run against Bama, right? But 25 tackles in two games, that's progress as a player. He had 52 tackles last year. He's already got half that, and more than half that in three games. I, I want to bring this up because I think this is a good question. Um, and, and it, it, no, I
0: mean, you mentioned Bo Davis's name and I was nodding in the, in my head. And I, this, this thought went through my head. Um, the, I, after the Iowa state game, Bo Davis was, uh, surreptitiously recorded, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, you know, basically lambasting, uh, a lot of the players, uh, on, uh, the Texas roster about lack of effort and lack of care about win or loss, um, do you think Texas has uh, moved through some of those players? Do you think it's just another year in the system where they're more
1: comfortable with their coaches? Uh, wh- what do you think that is right now, Jerry? I think I think it's a combination of both, honestly. But I, look, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this to any Texas player that is watching this. I mean, Bo Davis has national title rings, right? Sarkeesian has national title rings. Jeff Banks has national title rings. Kyle Flood. These they've also, Flood and Sark have coached in the NFL, right? Bo Davis coached in the NFL. If you can't buy in to these guys, then, man, get on with it. Get out. I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, guys that win national titles have coached on all levels. This this isn't that hard, especially when you've been a very inconsistent team and program. Um, so I think I think it's a combination of both. Um, but I also think I, I think there's some probably some pretty good senior leadership on this team, kind of what we mentioned earlier. I mean, look, I love Roshan as a leader. You know that. I think when your best player, Bijan, is a totally genuine human being that, yeah, he's making great money off NIL, but he's also giving back to his teammates. I think there's some good things going on within that locker room and on that team right now. And I can tell you this, from being around Roshan Johnson enough to know, If somebody's not giving full effort, he's going to kick him in the ass. This is his last year at Texas. He's not going out five and seven unless there's a slew of injuries. He's not doing it. So that's what I would say. (laughs) I got you.
0: Um, You know, thinking of that, a question came in from uh, Inside Texas that I I felt like would
1: be good here as well. Um, Who's going to fill the void next year for Roshan? That's a big one. Um, and I think that is a legitimate question and Bijan, the personality, right? Um, next year is a year and, you know, we assume Quinn years is, you know, can you continue to be the guy? I think it's a huge opportunity for him, um, to really take a huge step more. He's more of a actions guy, right? Than a vocal guy. Um, but he's going to have to be next year in that role. Right. Um, so I think that's going to be a huge opportunity for him. Um, I, I I think you could see, you know, that it's a tougher one, man. I mean, look, Kelvin Banks plays confident this year. Kelvin Banks may be a, a, a big-time leader next year, right? He's going to be on all the preseason All-American teams if he keeps playing like he is, right? So guys are going to look to the guy that people are projecting to be a top-ten pick in two seasons. And he's got the personality for it. He's an all-business guy. He's... He, he comes off like a professional. Um, so I think it, it's a great question, and I'm not sure we exactly have the answer. Um, but I can tell you this. I, I, one of the things I do think that uh, Sarkeesian and the staff are doing a really good job of is, you know, look, I've been around Cedric Baxter now for a year. He's got great leadership qualities. You know, Edgewater's 4-0. They shouldn't be 4-0. We'll see if they beat Apopka Friday. That's going to be one hell of a physical game. Um, but, look, they beat West Orange. They're probably not a more talented team than West Orange. They beat Orlando Jones 14-13 last Friday with Tashar Choice and Bo Davis. They're, they're not a more talented team than, Orla- uh, than Jones High. So, Cedric Baxter's leading his team, and he's doing it through actions and words. If you talk to uh, the head coach, he's showing some of that leadership ability that Roshan Johnson's had. And he's doing it as a guy rushing for 250 yards.
0: <laughs> well, here's the reality of it. Uh, so I think Jaron Thompson would be one of those guys, yeah.
1: you know, next he year. Thinks, on needs, he thinks needs some guys to step up. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think, I think that's going to be a guy. The, 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 the point though here that makes Roshan so interesting and unique. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Is that, uh, look, Jaron Thompson's a good player. I'm not trying to take any way through Roshan has some juice. Yes. So it's not just that he is a good player or a good leader. It's that he is both. You yeah. know, um, and so I don't want to take that away from anybody else. It's just that is a large void, a large void to fill. I mean, we can sit here and talk about, oh, well, it's going to be this guy, or this guy. Or this. It may not. I mean, because yeah. that's he's he's, he's, a truly,
1: unique, he's a truly unique leader. A guy that played high school quarterback and willed his Portnachis-Groves teams to a playoff win or two when they were clearly not the most talented team right outside of him. But then he's leading as a backup player at the running back position. It's just unheard of. I mean, so – and again, Bobby, like you said, whenever he comes in the game, if there's four yards that need to be made, he gets those four yards, and his teammates know he's going to get those four yards. So it's leading in the locker room and leading when your feet are on fire, on contact.
0: Yeah. I I think he's a tremendous player. Uh, Marco Coronado asked about Jonathan Brooks. I love Jonathan Brooks. I've loved him since he was a recruit. Uh, Jerry, I, I remember calling Jerry the first time I saw him and said, hey, I think they got somebody here. Right. And uh, he was lightly recruited at the time, uh, played both ways at Tiny Hallettsville, um, but uh, ended up being fairly highly recruited after Texas offered. Um, but just a, a guy that I think he never, almost never gets tackled by the first guy right. here. That's right. the thing about Jonathan Brooks to watch as you go forward. He does not have the ride out. Of right. a Bijan, right? But he's got some good stuff to him, too.
1: And I, I want to add to that. You know, we've given Tashar Choice so much praise, and he deserves it, right? Um, recruitment of Said Baxter. I was at IMG today, talked to Jarek Gibson, the number one 2024 running back, which we'll get to. But let's give Stan Drayton some props for the evaluation on Jonathan Brooks, because that was an early call. Um, Stan Drayton locked in, liked the kid. Um, so without Stan Drayton's early evaluation, he may not be at Texas. And I agree with you, Bobby. I think he's a really, really talented guy. I think the, game, the strength gain is huge for him. Because if you looked at him in high school, he had – now he played safety. He played until he cramped up, right? He was that guy at Howitzville. But if, you, if there was one thing about him that you knew he had the work on, he had to work on ball protection because he's a long-arm guy and it's hard to pocket the football. So the stronger you are, the better you pocket that football because he carried it like a loaf of bread a lot of times because he could get away with it at that level. Um, but again, he led that team to the state championship. I mean, so and that's saying something in yeah. Hallisville, Texas.
0: I want to I want to get to a couple of things. I want to talk to you about what you think the who you think the most underrated recruit is. I'll give you mine as well. I want right. to talk about possible flip candidates for the Longhorns. I want to talk about what you think about this trip to Lubbock for the Longhorns, uh, your trip to IMG today. Uh, Before we do that, I want to make two pitches for you. Um, InsideTexas.com is where Jerry and I both are. Uh, It's a $1 per month subscription, or $1 for one month uh, right now at InsideTexas.com. Please come join us and give us a try. If you don't like us after the month, uh, we'll say farewell and shake hands and say goodbye, but uh, we think you'll want to stay. Uh, the second thing is we want to thank our newest sponsor, Energy Texas. Uh, energy Texas is for Texans, by Texans. Uh, when Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas, not back east, no overseas, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. www.energytexas.com. Hey, Jerry, uh, you know, we, we look at all of this and we talk about uh, recruiting um, and we talk about these games coming up that Texas is currently playing. Texas tech has got a new coach and Joey McGuire that, you know, well, from your days, I mean, from the high school days, right. right. Um, he was at Cedar Hill for so long before he even went as an assistant under Matt rule at Baylor and then continued on under Dave Aranda. Um, you know, he's in a situation out in Lubbock where nobody has really had sustained success since Mike Leach. And he's not Mike Leach. Joey Maguire is not some wonderkin offensive minded guy. He's not even Spike Dykes who was super folksy and really right. fit West Texas, right? So, how does how does a guy like Joey Maguire that you've known forever how does he make it work for himself out in Lubbock?
1: First, he's got unbelievable relationships with high school coaches. And I think it matters, and here's why I think it matters. You know, we're talking about Jalen Hale earlier. Well, that's a Texas-Alabama-Georgia A&M race. Texas Tech's not in on that kid. They're not going to be in on that kid unless it's a circumstance, right? A, a, you know, a prior relationship, a maybe family tree at Texas Tech. But where I do th- – and I'm saying this because the NIL day and age, I think, has taken away some of those head coach important relationships – but I think when you go down to the next level of recruits, I think those relationships are huge with high school coaches and his staff's relationship. Um, there's two guys, Jeff Trailer last week, Joe McGuire, coaching the state of Texas, that can w- call every high school coach, walk in every high school, and they're welcome, and they give hugs. And, you know, they're, the high school coaches are cheering for those two guys to do very well, right? And so when you're recruiting against the TCUs, the Oklahoma State's, Baylor's, for 75, 80% of the guys you're recruiting, I think those relationships matter. Um, and I think they've got to be really good in early evaluation. I think they have to get, they have to identify talent and they have to get in on enough of the guys as sophomores to where the you know six, seven blow up to that Jalen Hale level, right? And you kind of think they are, but you still recruit those guys because you never know who's going to portal. And that's when that relationship can help you. Uh, but I think that's the key. It is really is evaluating early, getting on enough of those guys early. Because the hardest thing to do at Texas Tech, to me, is get the kids to campus. If you're not outside the, it, FW. it's
0: it's no, it's it's literally an eight-hour drive.
1: Right. I mean, it's hard for people to
0: to make that happen. And you know, that that Texas Tech is a very very hard job, and that and that's why, as much as they had, I mean a guy had a losing record at Texas tech and gets hired to be the head football coach in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, let's just be, that's, that means that it, they think it's really, really hard. The NFL thinks it's really, really hard to win at Texas tech.
1: No question. Yeah. It, it, it And it is. So two things I think have to happen for Joey to, you know, ascend maybe more than people think he can. One's hitting on a quarterback, right? Yeah. You always have to hit on that three-star, low four-star quarterback. Maybe it's a Baron Morton with another year coming from small school football, but they need to hit on a quarterback. They need somebody to be better than any of us thought he was going to be. And that takes them. Mahomes. Mah- Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers at Cal, right? I mean, those type of things. They need to have an NFL quarterback come through. They recruited. They can elevate them from six, seven wins to eight, nine. Um, and I'll tell you where I think Joey can succeed is you know I think the most difficult thing right now is what conference are you recruiting to
0: hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
1: Where's this thing going, right? And so who am I going to be playing against? Uh, But then I think the other thing with Texas Tech, and I think this is the most difficult thing going in college football right now, unless you're blue blood, is making good decisions in the portal. Because if you consider the guys that are going to portal down, I was actually talking to a head basketball coach in a mid major conference today at IMG when I was watching the basketball workout. And he was saying, it's brutal to be a mid major basketball coach right now. He said, because he said, whether you call them quitters or malcontents, the guys that are coming out of the portal wanting to come to you aren't necessarily the guys you want. And you can only have so many of those guys in your evaluation of those kids, the people around them. I mean, it's got to be so much due diligence to make the correct decision. So if you're at Texas Tech, people say, oh, yeah, we'll build it through the portal like FSU did, right? And we're going to get Jared Verse and all these guys. But you have to make the right decisions on those guys because a lot of the guys that are wanting to, I'm saying, come down towards you are not necessarily all the guys you want. So I think that is managing the portal is so difficult right now. Uh, for the colleges, that the lower power five schools. You better be really good at it. Uh, the, you mentioned you were at IMG today
0: uh, for the football workouts as well. Uh, the, the Gibson, the running back, uh, Rubel, the defensive back, uh, they're in on him. Who, who all is Texas recruiting at IMG
1: down in Florida right Those now, team,
0: whether it's 23, 24, whatever the right. year?
1: Those are the two main ones in 24. Jarrett Gibson's our number one running back in the on 300 for the class of 2024. And Tashar Choice has got Texas right there with Tennessee, Florida. Kids from Gainesville would have gone to Gainesville High, transferred IMG. Florida's obviously a factor. But uh, look, this this and I'm not saying it's trending to Texas um, with Gibson, but I'm also not going to um, just gloss over the Tashar Choice relationship after I did early on with Cedric Baxter, and I was completely dead wrong on that. So I know that Gibson was on campus in June. He really likes choice. Um, He wants to get back out there. He's watched Texas. You know, that's one where, you know, he said, look, Texas barely lost Alabama. That's like a recruiting win for kids, you know, Uh, that Texas was at the point of beating Alabama. And the questions are with all the kids and the media pundits is, look, Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt. Texas wins the game, right? Even you don't know what happens, but, you know, you can, it's easy to go there. Um, But then, you know, Rubel is uh, the safety from Fort Worth area. He's been at IMG's his second year. He loves Texas. That's one where I think Texas leads. Uh, That's up to Texas to say we're going to roll out the red carpet in this guy. We want this guy to be part of the class. If Texas does that, I'll be surprised if he's not a part of the class. Uh, There's a couple of 2025 uh, and a 2026 freshman offensive lineman down there that Texas offered early. We'll see, you know, where those go this were those the early offers to stay in the game or are those legitimate offers uh, to where they're really going to push to get those kids to campus this spring and summer? I think that's where you really find out how serious Texas is. You know, David Stone, a big uh, defensive tackle in the on 300 in the 2024 class. He's from Dell City, Oklahoma. He said he's had some texts from Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, I don't think Texas is really making a strong move there. I think the, you know, it's Oklahoma, Michigan State, uh, Is kind of the thought process of where that kid's gonna one of those two schools where he's gonna end up going. So Texas, maybe you know they may be keeping in contact with David Stone, but I don't expect that to go anywhere as of today.
0: Um, question from Anthony Bailey. Thank you for the super chat, there, uh, Anthony. By the way, what makes his staff recruit at this level, and can they be even better competing for top ten kids at a, at every position? I, I, you know, Jerry, you and I talk about this kind of stuff um, all the time about. You know, how is this staff position? I think Steve Sarkeesian made great hires in the offseason. Um, Stan Drayton took the head job at Temple. He he replaced him with maybe the best running back recruiting coach in the country. Yes. Uh, quite possibly in Tashar Choice. Didn't know he was that good at the time when he's at uh, Georgia Tech, but he also got Jameer Gibbs to Georgia Tech uh, before he transferred to Alabama this year. So, I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. And then you have Brennan Marion, who just coaches the uh, – uh, Bolitnikov winner at the University of Pittsburgh, and and Jordan Addison, and you get him to come in. And Marion already has been recruiting the state of Texas. That's right for a number of years. And so, you know, I think that it's a couple things uh, here, Anthony. As as we talk about this, I think that it's Sark hiring the right guys first and foremost. Foremost, these guys have to care about recruiting, or they're not going to be good at it. So um, as far as top 10 at every position, they're, they're recruiting at that level right now, period, I think. Uh, we just talked about Jalen Hale, 10th overall rated receiver in the country uh, by the on three consensus. And he's expected to announce tomorrow uh, between Texas, uh, Texas A&M, Georgia, uh, and Alabama. We think it's either Texas or Alabama at this late date. But uh, you know, my point being that they already are doing that. I, I feel like they're already there. And part of it is, uh, the, the personnel that Sark has brought in to surround himself with. Kyle Flood already did it last year with the offensive line. Bo Davis has been in the trenches in, in recruiting, whether it's at LSU, Alabama, or Texas before. Kyle, uh, uh, Jeff Banks been all over the map as far as recruiting is concerned. Um, and so Terry Joseph uh, yeah. comes in from Notre Dame. LSU, I mean, he's been all over A&M. He's been everywhere. Same thing. Um, those guys know what's going on. Uh, and how to compete at that level, and I think that's that's most important. Um, I,
1: I want to throw something out, Bob. Yeah, yeah, so I was sitting in the IMG football office today, and one of the top two guys at IMG football was actually in Austin last weekend for the Texas game. And we we're just talking recruiting and because they he, he, you know these guys go to every school, right? They go to all these colleges. um and what he said was, and he he brought this out. I didn't ask him. We were talking about a different college. and He said, you know, it was impressive to me in their presentation, in their organization. He said, it was Texas last weekend. He said, from the time I got there, I was welcomed there into the facility. And he said, when I left after the game Saturday, he said, it, everything was organized. It ran smoothly. It wasn't raw raw recruiting. It was organized message recruiting. And he said, I've "I've been to all, all these colleges. He said, I've met with all these coaches. He said, Texas really impressed him from start to finish with their organization and the professionalism they used in the recruiting process. And he has how many, 17 guys on NFL rosters from IMG right now. So he is very observant. He knows what he's looking at. And that was a pretty big feather in Steve Sarkeesian's uh, hat for me today because that was unsolicited.
0: Well, I, I'm going to tell you that that not, we got 500 plus people on here right now watching this video. I'm guessing 500 plus people are smiling hearing you say that because that's exactly way the way you want your university yeah. represented, right? right? You want you want to to be I mean, Texas is all about trying to be first class and everything they do, and you know representing yourself that way is a, is a big deal. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit. Uh, you and I have talked about uh, this and I mentioned it uh, a couple minutes ago and that's flip candidates, guys that you think uh, Texas might have a chance to flip from other schools. Uh, It happens each and every year. So it's not, this isn't, uh, yes, it's conjecture at the same time. It's real. I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter. It happened. It might happen from Texas to another school as well. So it's just what recruiting is at at some level. Uh, But Take take folks through some guys that you think might be flip candidates in the next uh, month to two or three months.
1: Yeah, I think um, I'll start with a couple of defensive linemen. Look, Terrence Green, we mentioned, you know, he remains in contact with Texas. Texas did not bring him up for the Alabama game. We'll see what happens there. But Texas remains in contact with Terrence Green. Uh, Jamarius Brown, defensive lineman from Moss Point, who came in for a June visit. He committed to Ole Miss right after the day after the Texas visit or may, the, the, the people in the circle remain in contact with Texas. Um, I think if either one of those guys decommits, then it gets very serious. Um, we'll see what happens there. Texas isn't going to give up on Colton Vosick. I think it's a long shot. Um, but, you know, these guys are going to recruit through the whistle, um, and, and they've proven that in the 2022 class. Um, so we'll see We'll see what happens there. I mean, it's really going to be on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, uh, so Anthony Hill, somebody asked about Anthony Hill. Absolutely. I, Anthony Hill's recruitment is not over. Um, there's contact with Texas, so um, that that would be one. Whether you know you think he's a five-star prospect or not, that there was a there's a lot of juice and perception that comes with Anthony Hill. If you were to able to flip him from Texas A&M, so yeah. Anthony Hill's one because there's still a need at linebacker. There's a need at edge. There's still a need in the secondary corner safety. Warren Roberson was a senior offer, but he's not committed anywhere. He's a big lean to USC, so could you flip him off that lean? Uh, Because he may as well be committed to some people there. Um, So we'll see, but I think it's the defensive side of the ball um, is where all this is going to come into play. And look, I think Texas is in a good position here because there's, we mentioned it before, there's good young talent at edge. Ethan Burke, Jamon Tap, Finkley all played again Saturday, right? Baron Sorrell. He has plenty of time left at Texas, right? So they can be selective and stay on their top guys. And if not, maybe go get a, some help in the portal for a year. Um, I think linebacker, they would love to add that an Anthony Hill as a high school linebacker prospect, right? Um, I think that would be a big one to go with Samaje Burrell and Liana. Um, so that that that's a perception recruitment uh, as much as anything, and perception does matter in recruiting. Um, so I think the defensive side of the ball is where it's at. And then, look, Texas has to play protection too. Alabama's not backing off Malik Muhammad. They haven't backed off of him, right? Not um, going to
0: back off Derek Williams either.
1: Derek Williams, you think LSU, AM, Alabama, they're not backing off that guy. He's one of the top three safeties in the country. And there's probably three legitimate five star safeties in this class. That's a really good safety class. And if you look at it, A&M's, you know, hoping to get a Peyton Bowen or Derek Williams. They're hoping to get snag one of those two guys, right? So Alabama's, like you said, not backing off. LSU's definitely not backing off Derek Williams. Doesn't matter how many defensive backs they have committed. So Texas has to play a little keep away as well. I didn't mention Braylon Shelby. Look, I mean, a lot of people ask on Inside Texas all the time. I think he's a long shot. I mean, look, I know his mom wants him as close to home. The kid made a PowerPoint of why he should – mama should let him go to USC. And if you look at USC right now, I mean, is there an easier path to the college football playoff than USC? And that probably means they'll lose this week because I just jinxed them. But they <laughs> their setup's pretty good, Bobby. I mean, they're going to win a lot of games and score a lot of points and kick a lot of butt. And that one's going to be tough. He's, he's the best coach in a conference where he has uh, the
0: a distinct um, athletic advantage from yes. a recruiting perspective. Yes. People don't realize just what advantage. I mean, USC is a lot like an LSU where Correct. you have this mass of talent and you're really the only, only game in town. I know UCLA fans might say something if there are any left. Right. Um, But Oregon may go into Southern California and Ohio State and Alabama and even Texas. will try to take people out of there. But at the end of the day, nobody holds a huge recruiting advantage in Southern California like USC. Uh, And it is one of the top three or four areas in the country where a number of recruits come out of. And so uh, I agree with that comment about them possibly uh, being having like an easier way. Uh, oh, to yeah. the uh, to the to that that uh uh playoff as we move forward the question is how many how many years guys are they going to be had, in the conference <laughs> well i mean because they're going to be moving to the big big 10 right. Right. right and so as they move to the big 10 they're no longer in the pack 12 where he does where he is i would say the the best uh coach out there oh, yeah. but then you start getting into guys with better better players, frankly, at this point. Well, what, gonna... what do we,
1: hey, that, that that's an interesting topic, Bob. We should go into it for a couple of minutes here. Because when Lincoln Riley got the USC, it's clear that outside of California, Texas was their target state. Moving to the Big Ten, is that going to remain the same? That's my question. Because remember when Nebraska left the Big 12 and moved to the Big Ten, Texas kind of went away. Same thing with Missouri going to the SEC and has crushed the Missouri program, by the way, leaving the Big 12. Because they they used to get eight, nine kids from Texas in some of these classes, really good players.
0: It's really helped Nebraska clearly going to the Big (laughs) 10.
1: I mean, so does USC still target Texas the way they are now? Because now with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, and A in the SEC in LSU and LSU in the SEC. Do you lose some of your juice if you're USC because you're not in the Pac-12 out on the West Coast, which is a great visit for these kids? Now you're going to be playing a lot of your games in the Midwest. I think that's going to be very interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, I, I, I I'm the the whole. We could talk for a day and a half on realignment and how it's affected recruiting over the years. Um, and still not get there. I'm going to ask you this. Uh, I'm going to ask you this. Uh, your most underrated recruit right now?
1: That's a great question. Um, I mean, we just put, moved Jonah Wilson up 115 spots, <laughs> so I guess he's out. Um, I, 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 I'm going to go with somebody who's ranked 88 in the country. I think Samajé Burrell has a lot of Roshan Johnson in him. I think he's got a lot of those qualities. I think he has a chance to be the best pure linebacker Texas has had in a while. Um, I think he's an early enrollee, so he's going to come in ready to go. You know he's got leadership. I mean, North Crowley's winning games, right? They're, they're undefeated right now. They haven't had the best run over there. They just went through a coaching change late in the spring. Um, I think, and after sitting down with him, you know, he's just got the leadership ability. He, he just sees things the way he talks. You just know even more than what you see on the huddle tape or when you go watch him in person, there's a little bit more to him. You know, he competes in the relays as a 210-pound kid. You know, he, th- he throws a shot put and competes in the relays. He's got a little bit of that Jalen Hurts, Roshan Johnson to him, right? He just plays linebacker. And, I've got, you know, I've, who you got?
0: I've got three guys. And, and I know Andre
1: past- kojo's one keep going no it's not it's not yeah.
0: I, it's gonna be peyton kirkland yeah uh he, he's not you know he's not considered elite elite and i think as a guard he could be yeah um i really do believe that uh, i also uh am a big fan of Sadir mitchell yeah um he is not ranked real high as yet nationally in the consensus he is by some people but i think he's only 199. In the consensus, he looks like a top fifty or so player in the country. Uh, potentially, a young man out of New Jersey that's committed to Texas. And my most, one of maybe one of my most underrated recruits, and he's the number one rated recruit in the country. I think so. As, I was, as, I was wondering. It's yeah, no I question. mean, I, what he did on Friday night, I was watching. that um, a, a feed going, and uh, you know, he, he was down 34-12 at half, Jerry, against mm-hmm. a five A team. What is Newman? Two eighth? What what are yeah, they? 2A. Yep. you know what two-A school in the state of Texas beats a five A school in the state of Texas? Right. Is right. there one? I mean Dangerfield, maybe? I mean maybe yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe an 87. Yeah, whatever. exactly. You but but you get my day you get my out. point. That doesn't that people yeah. and he's done it two straight weeks. Yeah. They they've done that two straight weeks. And so uh, 34-12, they come back to score. I think they end up winning 54-52. Correct. Um, look, I I feel like people are glossing over just how good and, and talented he is because there's been this stigma that he's just that way because of his name and all he's done this season
1: has proved that that's untrue. Right. Uh, I mean, now they have a big test coming up this week against Manny. And Will Randall's now out for the year. That's a big it, one yeah. for him. Again, Going up against Manny, who's just going to out outman them. I mean, Manny's got some players. Um, right.
0: But, but he's got a he, – I think that the issue that when I say he's uh, underrated in some ways – it's because people think that he's just there because of his name and don't actually watch him play. Um, and so, I, I'm pretty strong on that one, and, and I've I've been uh, vocal about it.
1: And, and you know early. why? You know why I agree with you. He's th- he's making third and long, where he's being flushed outside the pocket, and he's dropping the ball in the bucket. These aren't comebacks right these aren't 10 yard out routes these aren't db slipping he's throwing the ball and dropping it in the bucket when he has to make the throw and he's doing it on the move he's done it two weeks in a row rolling right where people are like well does his arm strong enough well those are 50 yard throws rolling right on the money on fourth and 13 and third and 15 or whatever for touchdowns I mean, yeah, his arm's plenty strong enough, okay? I mean, what do, what do people want him to do? Throw it out of New Orleans? I mean, <laughs> hit Ed Orgeron on a beach in Destin? I, I mean, what do you want him to do? <laughs> I completely, uh, completely agree. Um, speaking with
0: Jerry Hamilton of InsideTexas.com, uh, national recruiting analyst also for On3. I'm Bobby Burton. I work for uh, Inside Texas and uh, have created this channel on Texas football. Uh, we really appreciate you guys joining us uh, for this chat. Uh, some people are saying that that uh, Alabama folks think that uh, that uh, they've got Jalen Hale. Um, we can't we can't dispute that, but I can tell you that Texas doesn't necessarily think that to be the case. So let's wait until tomorrow. He announces tomorrow at his high school, twelve thirty. Uh, Justin Wells of Inside Texas will be there. Uh, Jerry and I will certainly be following along to find out uh, what happens there. Uh, And that a bone is Andrew Bone, by the way. Uh, I know that's an interesting way to put it. Um, One other guy I wanted to mention in recruiting uh, that we didn't talk about that I know you have a good relationship with his father because he's a high school coach is Marcus Deal uh, out of uh, Naaman Forest up there in Garland. Uh, What's going on with him uh, as of right now?
1: Uh, Official visit to Georgia this weekend. That's a big one. Um, Trey Scott's recruiting him, has been recruiting him. So anybody questions, was Georgia recruiting him as defensive lineman? Only schools that are recruiting Marcus as a defensive lineman exclusively are on the list. Uh, So this will be his fourth official visit. His fifth official visit will come either in October or November. That'll be Texas or Oklahoma. Even if he makes an official to Oklahoma, he'll be back on campus at Texas. Um, Somebody close thinks the official visit will be to Texas. We'll see what happens. I mean, he's been on the Texas campus probably more than anywhere else. TCU's still in there fighting on that one. Um, I really think it's close to home, Texas, TCU, Oklahoma versus Georgia. I really think that's where this recruitment's at. I think USC and Arkansas are on the peripheral, um, and that's what it's going to come down to. Obviously, the Deal family prefers him close to home. Teacher coaches, right? I mean, you have Sat you have Saturday film breakdowns. You were in the office on Sunday, so if your kid goes to Georgia, you're going to be watching him on TV much more than going to see him play. So obviously, it would make more sense for the family that it, there it makes more sense if he stays close to home. But um, we'll see what happens uh, because I mean, Georgia may be the the hot team in the country right now, right? I mean, they won the national title last year, and they're absolutely kicking everybody right now. Um, so if Marcus has that itch to get away from home, it'll be Georgia. Um, if he stays close to home, I think Bo Davis has done a really good job uh, in this recruitment. Um, and, and I think that after the Alabama visit, I talked to two people close to Marcus and that the prevailing thought was everything Bo Davis has said from when he started recruiting the Mar- Marcus to now has remained true. Um, and I think that's big. So there's a trust factor with Bo Davis in Texas.
0: Um, Jerry, Jerry, uh, you're in Florida right now.
1: What about, uh, Jordan
0: Hall, Peyton Kirkland? You, have you talked to those guys down there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I haven't yet. I'm going out to, to back to Orlando tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to see Peyton Kirkland there tomorrow. Uh, Jordan Hall, look, Texas still talking with him. They've talked with him this week already. They'll talk with him again. Uh, it, it's all about getting the kid on campus for a visit. I think Georgia's again, Georgia's g- could be tough to beat there. Alabama's lurking. Um, uh, Florida is going to be in it or on the list until the end we'll see what happens there but I think Texas he told Chad Simmons a week ago and I think you know everything I'm hearing is the same that he does want to visit Texas and uh you know look Sadir Mitchell got him interested in Texas when he committed and then called the Texas staff said hey recruit this guy he, he has interest and I think it's kind of gone from there um so we'll see if they get that official visit date set up uh but right now look it's it's one of those recruitments that I keep updating the best I can until he sets the official visit date. It's a long shot, but once a visit date's set and you get him on campus, then we'll see where things go. Right now, Georgia's been recruiting him a long time. Florida's been recruiting him a long time, and Alabama's just lurking.
0: Um, I want to ask you two more questions. One's going to be about McCall Harrison Pilot, Um, and and that is, if Jalen
1: Hale were to commit to Texas tomorrow, does Texas continue to recruit Harrison Pilot? I think they're done at wide out if Hale commits tomorrow. I think they're done at wide out. Uh, that, that's the best answer I can give you. Okay. So he might end up, if he wants to be in the class, it would
0: have to be as an athlete slash DB, whatever yeah. whatever they uh, kind of make make room for him. I there. think TC.
1: I think TCU's in that one pretty strong with Pilot as well. Okay. Got
0: it. Um, all right. Uh, the other question I want to ask you is just taking away and talking about Texas Tech as we come upon this. Uh, this week you and I uh, follow other schools obviously as part of our job that's what we do we watch players not just going to Texas but they end up going to Tech or Baylor or, or am or wherever um you know a couple names that you think Texas fans need to be aware
1: of for Texas Tech this week that's a that's a great question um you know uh, Tyree Wilson defensive end I mean tech's got a couple of ends that are that can play Um and it, it, the crazy thing is, it, you know, Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, obviously. But Tyree Wilson could be a high draft pick. So this is going to be another test for the Texas tackles this week um, and another chance for Kelvin Banks to say to really elevate himself, right? I think that the, the the ends for Texas Tech are the strength of their defense. I think they can sack the quarterback. I think they can be disruptive. Um, you know, and after that, I you know, look, I mean, my question is, is if Donovan uh, struggles at quarterback, does Baron Morton get a look? Um, because I just don't see how Texas Tech, if they can't throw the ball effectively against Texas, has a chance to really win the game other than it being on Lubbock. And, um, look, that's why the games are played. But if they don't throw the ball effectively against Texas, if they can't challenge the Texas safeties uh, in the passing game, I don't see how they win the game. And so, if Donovan struggles early, does Baron Morton, who's a better natural passer, get a shot? I think that'd be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be uh, contingent upon a lot of things out there. Um, I really like Sir Roderick Thompson uh, a as guy. a running back. Uh, if I, I just don't think they give him enough running lanes. I mean, that you know, watching that NC State game, like I did, uh, DVR'd it and watched it yesterday. I'm just. I, I don't see a. I don't see a lot of running lanes for those guys. They're good hard runners. He and Taj Boyd both, but I don't. I just don't see it. So and, uh, to your point, this here.
1: is a game where last year, I mean, look, going into the season, I know I wrote about on inside Texas one of the few foot, actual football things versus recruiting. I do. I said defensive line held the key to the season last year for Texas because it, to me is the most talented team on the position on the team, and I stand by that today. I mean. It's only gotten better with Byron Murphy being a year older. If Alfred Collins ever plays up this potential. He played better. He played some this past week and played a little bit better. LeVondre Sweat's looking like an NFL player this year, right? This is a game that you take these guys on the road and you win at the line of scrimmage against an offensive line that you said they're they're struggling creating the lanes. Um, But you have to do that being disciplined with Donovan Smith. But this is a game, the defensive front for Texas, they can go – say this is where you show how much you've improved in year two under Bo Davis and uh, under PK and all in the staff is you go out there and whip the Texas tech guys in Lubbock in the mid afternoon,
0: Uh, Jerry, I want to get parting thought from you, but first I want to thank our sponsor energy, Texas. That's a new sponsor for us here at on Texas football energy. Texas is for Texans by Texans. When energy, Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas, not back East, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. EnergyTexas.com, EnergyTexas, Texas Texas Electricity, done right. Jerry, um, as we look towards the rest of this week uh, in recruiting Jalen Hale tomorrow, we've we've mentioned that uh, right now we think it's Texas or Alabama. We don't have news that it's one or the other. We don't necessarily believe the Alabama reports at this point either. Uh, not not to say that we should, uh, you know, say that that's true. Jay, I hate to tell you this, but uh, he may have committed on multiple visits. Um, <laughs> that's more than likely what has happened. Yes. in A lot of visits. Jerry and I have been through this. Uh, it happens on almost every visit at some level. Right. Um, and so thank you for your, your super chat there too, Jay. Uh, the, the thing that I would uh, counter with for the rest of this week, uh, Texas needs to get healthy at quarterback. Let's see if Quinn Ewers and or Hudson Card, who takes the snaps. And if it is Ewers, if he really opens up the offense, right? Because what he started doing against Alabama led me and you both. And I think, um, you know, 100,000 Texas fans to believe, wow, we may have a little something extra here. Um, And Eric Nolene, publisher of Inside Texas, put it really well. With Quinn Ewers, football looks fun again. Yeah. I mean, let's just let's get it right because he was making some throws that you're just like, okay, the other guy, the other team doesn't have a guy like that.
1: No, and he won you the know, high and, and the way, and they did with Bryce Young. By the way, uh, but he, but Bobby, Bobby, I was there. Bryce didn't make throws like that. Now, yeah, Bryce was zero for six on passes fifteen yards down the field in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Quinn Ewers didn't miss a throw in that game. I mean, that was stuff that you watch on Sundays at 12 and three and Monday nights. That was different level. And I said this at the time, he made throws in succession with a Texas uniform on. I haven't seen there before.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's fair, but, but we have that we have the quarterback situation. We have going on the road first time on the road this season, um, you know, relatively young team, uh, particularly on offense, not on defense, but on offense, so are we going to see some false starts? Are we going to see some home cooking from the refs? Um, no offense, but I think we've seen some anti-home cooking thus far um, uh, from referees, even those in the booth. Uh, we do not have any information, by the way. Somebody asked early, and I I, I I forgot to get to this. We do not have any information as yet on uh, DeMarvian Overshone's appeal uh, for uh, clemency, I guess is the best word uh, to put for the first half of, of monday uh, or of, uh, saturday afternoon at, at tech uh but you put all this together and texas is looking at a pretty big week you know um you and i circled this game a little bit it starts conference play if texas wants to be in dallas yeah second week of december they need to start by winning this game it's a winnable game um and so it's got to get started now and then they got to go out there with the same level of intensity
1: Well, and I hate to say it, I think it's a must-win game. It's a must-win game because if you want to have a chance to have that nine, ten-win regular season, you can't drop this game because, look, Kansas is a better football team this year. Kansas has improved. Could you argue K-State maybe isn't? I don't know. Oklahoma State's solid, right? Oklahoma, as long as Dylan Gabriel's there, is going to be solid, right? Good offensive line. Um, So this is not a game, if you're really looking to say – or. Are, are you going seven and five? Are you going eight and four? Or maybe that touch that nine or 10-win season, regular season. You have to win this game. There's no way around it. Yeah,
0: I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. All right, with that, we're going to end it uh, tonight. We went over a little or over an hour, uh, and we really appreciate you guys. Please uh, hit the like button, subscribe. If you're interested, by the way, in um, advertising with On Texas Football, uh, please email us at ontexasfootball at gmail.com, and we'll get back to you. That's on Texas Football. At gmail.com. Also, please like and subscribe and uh, join us over at Inside Texas as well. $1 for one month at Inside Texas. Jerry, for Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks to all the Texas fans for joining us. We had a good time tonight, right?
1: All Absolutely. right. Great time. Y'all us. take
0: care, guys. Y'all have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow.